one of the questions that appeared in the April newsletter, which I invited all of us to uh, consider, and that was what is essential in our lives. The second question that I asked, very much more for myself than for anyone else, was how many of my decisions and actions are self-centered? And how deep and how far does my compassion for others really extend? So it's a question about being honest with myself about how much of my life really does revolve around me. I, me, mine, as the Beatles would say. I, me, mine. It's all about me. And how much of my life and my feelings and my behavior is a consequence of my genuine sense of wanting to be helpful to others. So this is the question uh, that I'd like for us to explore a bit today. These questions reminded me of a short story written by Tolstoy. And since Zen is often best transmitted through stories rather than concepts, and since these stories seem to have found a, an appreciative audience in our Sangha, I thought I would mention this story by Tolstoy. It's a very short one. And it's about an emperor, and some of you may know this story, because it's fairly famous. Uh, it's called The Emperor's Three Questions. The emperor, wanting to have a very successful reign, decided that there were three questions that really needed to be answered uh, for him to be a successful king, emperor. And he made it uh, a task for his, those in his kingdom to come up with answers to these questions, and he was going to give a reward to anyone who could answer these questions um, in a way that made sense. And the first question was, when is it the best time to act? First question, when is it the best time to act? The second question was, who is the most important person in my life? Who, who is the most important person? And the third question, is what is the most significant thing 
that I can do, that anyone can do. So the first is, when is the best time to act? Who is the best, most important person? And what is the best thing to do? And there were many, as you can imagine, many answers given by various wise men, philosophers, politicians, ordinary people, and none of them seemed to satisfy the emperor. And so he didn't give any reward to anyone. <laughs> but he decided, as often is the case, to visit a master, a hermit, who of course lived on the top of a mountain. That's where all the truth lies. And so he made a pilgrimage up to the top of a mountain where this hermit lived and posed these three questions uh, to the hermit. Well, the hermit didn't directly answer the questions, but offered the emperor a number of experiences while he was up on top of the mountain. And those experiences were themselves. I won't go into the details. You can read the story. Uh, it's, you can get it online. Those experiences were the answers, gave the emperor the answers to his questions. So let's consider those questions together and see if perhaps your answers, uh, how your answers um, match with the answers that the emperor discovered. So the first question was, when is the best time to act? And what the emperor discovered was that the best time to act was now. Now. And of course this is this is very much in keeping with our Zen practice. Now is the only real time that we have. There is nothing other than now. So of course, it is the best time to act. Now the second answer might kind of surprise you. Maybe you got the first answer. But the second answer was, who is the best person, the most important person? And the answer to that question was, the one that you are with. The most important person is the one you are with. I answered, me, but I was wrong. The third question was answered in this way. What is the most important thing to do? And the response that the emperor learned was the most important thing to do was to care. 
And we could, we could substitute the word compassion. The most important thing to do is to care. So if we put all of those answers together, what we find is that life which is most meaningful, which is most humane, most human, is a life which cares for who and what you are with now. The life which is most meaningful is a life which cares for the person or thing or place that you're with now. In a way, it's rather simple, isn't it? But not so obvious, not so easy. In fact, the answers to these questions are descriptive of what we call in Zen practice, Buddhist practice, the Bodhisattva way. The Bodhisattva of compassion. That person who cares for whatever he or she is with now, when the need is there. So we are in a place where there are lots of expressions of care. And there is an additional question. Is your compassion, is your care just for crises? Or is it a way of life? You could say that when we are in crisis and when we're dealing with crises, you could say that care and compassion are like a flower that suddenly blooms. And we're so much aware of these obvious expressions of care for one another. But there's the flower and then there's the soil. And our practice is more like the soil than the flower. We cultivate the soil so that the flowers can bloom. But it's a way of life. It's not just reserved for the dramatic moments when it's so obvious that care is needed. Care is needed all the time with everything that we're with, with everyone who we're with. Here's another little story to illustrate this point. 
a great Zen master, Ryokan, who was also a poet and a calligrapher, was walking along the beach after a storm. And there were hundreds of starfish that were washed up on the sand. And Ryokan was picking up one at a time starfish and putting them back in the ocean. One after another. And just as he was reaching for yet another starfish to place in the ocean, a fisherman happened to walk by and remarked to Ryokan, this happens after every storm. There are always hundreds of starfish that are washed up on the shore. What, you know, you can't save them all. <laughs> you know, what, what does it matter? It doesn't really matter how, how, many, how many starfish you put into the ocean. Uh, you'll never be able to make any dent in the lives of these starfish. It doesn't really matter. And Ryokan, holding up the starfish that he had in his hand, said, maybe it doesn't matter to you, but it matters to this one. It matters to this one. That is bodhisattva. That is caring for what is with you now. This one, right now. Yesterday, I found myself raking leaves in front of the entrance to the zendo and planting some tulips. And by the way, I have received the bodhisattva vows four times in various ordinations. I realized yesterday that I had absolutely no idea of what I was doing. But I had a little bit of insight yesterday, raking leaves. As I'm raking leaves and doing some planting, I suddenly said to myself, what am I doing? Why am I raking all these leaves? Nobody's coming to the zendo tomorrow. <laughs> um, in fact, nobody's probably going to be coming to the zendo for quite a while. So why am, I, why am I doing all this? Why am I spreading chips on the meditation trail? Because nobody's going to be walking that trail. Except every now and then, one person, one person comes by and will sit in the zendo. And I th thought to myself, hmm, I'm raking leaves for that one person. I'm making a beautiful entranceway for that 
one person. And then that went a little deep, more deeply as I'm raking, and I'm realizing, well, it goes beyond that. I'm not just raking leaves for that one person. I'm raking leaves to take care of the zendo because that's what a priest does. A priest takes care of the sangha and takes care of the zendo. Takes care now <laughs> of what you're with. And I'm with an empty zendo, except maybe for one person, but mostly empty. But even beyond that, I'm taking care of the practice which has been handed down through millennia. And so all of that needs to be taken care of because it's manifesting right here, right now in my life. This place is where I live. And this is what presents itself that needs care. So you don't know really what needs your care unless you pay attention. You have to pay attention. We need to give our attention put it out, just as we put our breath out. We gave it away. So, as a bodhisattva, as a, a Zen practitioner, our attention goes out. Not self-centered, not contracted, not contracted self, but vast self. So, we are paying attention to what is before us, which may need our care, which will need our care. And it isn't necessarily a person. I was so moved by Nikolai's discovery of the fresh air near the floor <laughs> of his apartment. He discovered that. He gave it his attention. It's, it was, he was with the fresh air. Such a small thing. Or being with the myrtle. Yeah. Just that needing your care right then. Or being with a child. But it need not be a person. It could be an animal that is just right in front of you, that is looking for your care, or a piece of work, like a thesis, <laughs> that needs your care, needs your attention. So our practice of mindfulness our mindfulness practice is a practice of attention. 
of giving our, taking that self-centered bubble and breaking it open and giving our complete attention 100% to what is in front of us. So much, so much needs our care. That's why the Bodhisattva of Compassion has a thousand arms, really an infinite number of arms. And each hand has an eye, hearing, watching, being aware of seeing the suffering in the world of so many things that need our care. So the question, um, how, how much of your life is self-centered? How much of your life comes from a place of deep compassion? It all begins with paying attention, with going beyond the boundaries of your small self, which, by the way, doesn't exist. So, really, it's a futile effort. But you'll discover that when you begin to live more at the edges of that small self and see how that small self is intimately, inextricably connected with everything, everything else. So one last little Zen story about attention. This disciple of a master, Zen master, was um, thought he had completed his training and came to the master to say goodbye that he was leaving and uh, felt that he had really achieved uh, he, he had achieved what his training was designed to achieve. And it was a rainy day, and uh, prior to entering the master's room, he uh, took off his shoes and uh, placed his umbrella beside his shoes and entered the room and was prepared to say goodbye. And before he could say goodbye, the master asked him, um, what side of your shoes did you leave your umbrella? Was it on the left side or the right side? And the disciple said, I don't know. I don't remember. The master says, it's time for another 10 years of training. Thank you.